Welcome to the Trust Corner, a podcast hosted by Elena Kvachko, Chief Trust Officer at SAP, where we explore the topics of trust, cybersecurity, and the threat landscape. Artificial intelligence and machine learning have been all over the news in 2023. Generative AI has raised concerns over the potential risks it can have in our society, including the threat it poses to millions of jobs. In addition, AI tools used by threat actors have become more sophisticated and can now evade traditional risk mitigation countermeasures. Is the fear and confusion over this technology warranted or do we need to raise more awareness about the potential benefits of AI? Our guest today is Victoria Perbelli, CEO and co-founder of Synthesia, the world's leading AI video creation platform for enterprises as they describe themselves. Victor has been involved in technology entrepreneurship for the past 10 years and co-founded Synthesias in 2017. He combined his technical, academic, entrepreneurial excellence, and now they're pushing for boundaries of what's possible using AI while striving to pioneer the field in an ethical and responsible way. Welcome to the Trust Corner, Victor. Thank you, Elena. Thanks for having me. Well, tell us about your background. What interested you about AI? Yeah, so I think I think um, kind of my path towards founding Synthesia probably starts in like my my childhood. I loved computers from a very early age. My specials loved sci-fi, loved playing games, loved the kind of the the frontiers of technology, if you will. Um, and in my my teenage years, sort of figured out that my interest in computers could be turned into a career, which I thought was was pretty awesome. I could do work on the internet and actually make money on it, which was uh, which was very exciting. And so I did, I built like e-commerce stores for local businesses and things like that. And then uh, from there, graduated into the Danish startup ecosystem, where I worked for four or five years, usually like product growth roles, um, never as a founder, but usually as like number second or third in command. That was really fun, learned a lot. Uh, it was part of building some things that worked really well and some things that, that didn't work so well. Um, but during that period, figured out that I wanted to start my own company. But I'd also learned that I wasn't super interested in like building accounting software or like business process tools. I really wanted to do something with, with something that felt a bit more sci-fi, a bit more kind of interesting to me on a personal level. And um, so I moved to London when I was 25 and um, basically spent nine, 12 months on just getting to know a bunch of people who are much smarter than myself, lots of professors, PhDs working in AI. And I got very interested in this idea of using AI to actually create content. Uh, today, I think most people think of that as like generative AI, which of course have had a huge moment in the last 12 months. And um, with AI, not just being able to predict or analyze data, but actually generate new data. Um, and so I met the Professor Matthias Niesner, who's my co-founder today. He'd done some of the seminal work in using AI to generate video content. Um, and we got very excited about what this technology uh, could do. We knew it was very early, but I think we kind of saw the sparks of something much, much bigger. And then we build a thesis around, we think this technology is going to change how we produce media, not just video, but any type of, of media from text and audio and speech, video. And that we, we felt it was interesting enough to, to build a company around it. Uh, and this was back in 2016, we decided to, to form the company. And then in 2017, we kind of found the initial team, the first investors, and then we, we embarked on our mission to make, make video easy for everyone by, uh, by building AI technology to help people make videos from, uh, from behind their desk and not having to go out and use a camera. That's fantastic. Um, so I guess, um, what role do you think Synthesia will play in this overall transformation of the video industry using AI? I hope we'll play a, a big role. I think it's all these technologies are so early still, which I think is 
is important to remember, even though we are all very amazed at the capabilities of ChatGPT and Synthesia and all these other cool things that we're seeing right now. Um, we want to build the company that's all about enabling people who've never been able to produce video before to produce video. And I would hope that that's how we make a mark in the world. Um, I think there's going to be lots of really cool technology for Hollywood producers and video production professionals who are already great at making video. Um, and maybe we can also help them. But what I'm most excited about is actually helping everyone else. So your average office worker, turning them into directors um, or average consumers, giving them the powers of AI to make really awesome content. So I hope that's how we're going to be remembered uh, when the history books is written someday, that, that we were the company that really enabled everyone to become a video producer. Um, a bit in the same way, maybe that PowerPoint uh, enabled, kind of turned everyone into somewhat of a graphic designer, right? Not a real graphic designer, but like most people today can find their way around PowerPoint and make something that kind of looks okay, which is something I think we, we take for given a little bit. Like if you go 20, 30 years back, most people's job was definitely not to be creative and make visual slides, right? But that's sort of normal for us now. And I think making video will be as normal as making PowerPoint slides and in the not so distant future. Fantastic. Um, uh, Victor, in our podcast, we have explored the concept of trust from different angles. What does trust mean to you as it relates to AI, Synthesia, or your industry? So building this technology is really powerful. And I think uh, I think most people definitely have, have, um, have, have seen in the last uh, 12 months. And for us, it's always very important to not just build an important company that creates lots of value for people, but also one that uh, that that does it in the safest way possible, right? With a strong kind of ethical um, foundation. So when we found the company, we did it on our ethical framework, which is called it the three C's about consent, control, and collaboration. And those are kind of like three principles that we that we um, make decisions off on. Um, I I think in general of of trust and AI in two dimensions. One is how do we secure synthesia against misuse and harm? And how what can we do as a company to sort of outside of the sphere of our own influence, uh, help these technologies be integrated in society in the best way possible, right? But if we start with synthesia, you know, the company, um, the first one is about consent, which is fairly obvious, but like we'd never create an avatar, never create a voice of someone using their likeness without their explicit consent. Um, and this was, for example, for us also means that even though a lot of people want to come to us and make like a satire video, not for like necessarily for, for, for malicious purposes, just for fun, we will say no to that because we don't have the consent of that celebrity, for example. The second one is control, which is around controlling your data, but also around us actually having control of the technology, um, which means that we take a very strong stance on what kind of content you're allowed to create in Synthesia. So we have around 10% of the company work with content moderation and AI safety. And what that means in practice is that if you go to Synthesia and you try to create videos around conspiracy theories or, uh, you know, uh, all kinds of things, you're not allowed to make <laughs> to make videos about hate speech, um, you know, financial advice that may be dubious, all those things. We actually monitor that and we block you from making that content. That's a, quite a big effort um, and it's, it's definitely really hard. But that's something we all feel really strongly about, and we also, in that, in 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 how we do content moderation, we actually kind of reach further than we are supposed that we have to do from a legal perspective. Like there's some category, like gambling, for example, it's not it's not legal to gamble, right? It's also not illegal to talk about firearms, for example. But those are two examples of categories that we've decided to restrict because we think it's better for the world 
that you know we roll out these technologies um, with 100% safe use cases, and then potentially as time goes on and these kind of videos become more normal, we can we can loosen that a little bit. But that's really important for us. And then the last one is collaboration, which really just is about doing what we can for the ecosystem um, and the world to make sure that AI in general is deployed safely. So I spend a lot of my time speaking with governments, media organizations, other AI founders, uh, not because I have all the answers, but hopefully, you know, we can provide a perspective and help educate the people who, who need to do regulation and decide on their own safety standards. Um, I think it's really important to get regulation in like quite quickly. Uh, we need the right kind of guardrails to this technology. Um, and so that's that's one of the things in the kind of collaboration bracket that I spend a lot of my time on. Fantastic. Yeah, Victor, I was going to ask about the guardrails that you have in place to promote responsible and ethical use of the technology, but I think you just alluded to a lot of them and all your processes and how you enable that. So let me just ask you, what are some of the other opportunities that AI uh, can deliver for the video production industry? And maybe what, um, what do you see, how people can leverage the opportunity in their own organizations or in their own entrepreneurial efforts? Yeah, so I think for us, again, it really comes back to enabling anyone in the company to become a video producer. Maybe not because they need to be creating like Super Bowl ads and like all that type of like, you know, really, really high production quality content. But what we love to see is, you know, one of the world's largest fast food companies, for example, who need to train and onboard millions of people every single year. Now, they used to do that with like a 40-page manual. You have to sit down and read. Uh, in 2023, people want to watch and listen to that content. So for an employee to have to sit down and read 40 pages is a pretty terrible experience. And they will most likely forget most of what they've read, right? Because they'll skim through it. And that's also pretty bad for the company who um, essentially doesn't get out of the training what they want the employee to get out of it. Now what this company, for example, can do is they can make a video that you can watch instead. We know from research that a video has like eight to 10 times amount of, of information retention. Uh, so you remember eight to 10 times as much of a video as you do of a piece of text. And so that just in isolation, if you kind of take this and multiply with all the people who start in this company every single year um, and has to be onboarded and trained, that's fantastic impact, right? Um, mm -hmm. For a lot of the customers we work with, generally what we see today is very much that Synthesia is more about replacing the text content that you have and slide content that is necessarily about replacing uh, video as in things you would normally shoot with a camera. And I actually think that's going to be the way these technologies evolve. You'll have the video production professionals who are really, really good at their craft. They're amazing at storytelling. They, you know, every single frame they'll care about, all the details of the video has to be spot on to make that perfect advertisement. And that'll be really important in the future as well. But there'll also be a lot of people who work office jobs who will now be able to make a really cool video for partner integration, for example, or for onboarding new new colleagues and those types of things. And I think mm -hmm. that's sort of way to look at these uh, technologies. As they get better and better, they'll of course be able to do more and more. But I really think it's about what use cases do we have in your company today when you're using text and you kind of know that it's probably not that effective. If you switch that up with the video, it would potentially be a lot more effective uh, because that's where I think a lot of the, the ROI from these technologies are today. Indeed. Um, Victor, what would you tell skeptics who are still wary of AI? Um, I think skeptics are right to be skeptic. I think it's a good thing in general that we are on the back foot when new technologies come out and we take a little bit of a defensive stance to it. But as with any technology, I think, you know, they're not going to disappear. And there's no doubt that there's already millions, if not billions of people who are creating massive value by using these technologies, right? From people becoming better writers with ChatGPT, 
people making videos with Synthesia. And so I think it is going to be a part of the future. And I would, I would advise everyone to sit down with these tools, play with them. The good thing about generative AI is that it's really easy to try it out, right? Like when you just go in, see if it works, whatever you're trying to do, play around with it, have an open mind and just see where it can make your life easier, right? A lot of the tasks that these tools are good for today is actually things I think most of us don't enjoy doing that much. Like you don't really enjoy doing proofreading of your own work, right? That can be quite tedious. You don't really know when you're right or when you're wrong. Try making chat GPT read through your, your, your Word document and see what it has of suggestions. That's quite cool sometimes. Same thing with something like a video, right? If you're used to creating lots of Loom videos, recording yourself, and you're super frustrated because that's much harder than it sounds to record yourself, try some easier. See if that maybe is a better part of your workflow. There's lots of these technologies that I don't think is necessarily mature enough yet um, for some of the use cases people want to use them for. But um, but I would I would say just try it out, right? It is it is really really easy, mm -hmm. and, and don't don't dismiss it uh, immediately. Um, I think if you if you want to get ahead of your career, one of the best things you could do right now is become an expert on AI. Not necessarily like how to write the algorithms, but how to actually use this in um, in in a work work setting. Don't dismiss it. Try it out. That's a, that's great advice. Thanks for that, Victor. Well, my last question is, do you have any advice for companies that want to use AIs or companies that want to explore development of the AI tools or just dive into uh, AI production? Yes, we have this saying internally, which guides you know our strategy and our product roadmap, which is utility over novelty. Um, and to unpack that, what does that mean, right? For us, it means that it's really, really important that we always focus on building products that help people get utility, essentially, right? With all this AI tool, there's a lot of very cool demos that look fantastic. They sound fantastic. Everybody gets very excited about them, but they may be interesting because they're new and fancy, not necessarily because they drive actual utility in the business. And I think if you're looking at how to integrate these tools in your business, it's really important to separate the hype and what's interesting from what's actually valuable for your business, right? So I think it's great for inspiration and you know, you know, a peek into the future. Um, but there's a lot of use cases that these tools are not good enough for yet, even though they might look cool on Twitter or LinkedIn. So sit down, figure out what in your company can you actually change today that can drive real utility. So for us, for example, right, that would be if you're training millions of people every single year and you can make all of them twice as prepared as they were before by using videos. That's a very tangible ROI for your business, right? That's a good example of it. I think we've seen with you know the metaverse and with free and some of these other kind of technologies that, that kind of come and go a little bit, then people get very excited about creating a corporate metaverse or something like that, which may be cool and is a great PR stunt, but how many people are actually going to be sitting in that corporate metaverse? Probably not that many people today, right? So I think separating the hype from what's valuable is, is really important. And, and I think that also requires being fairly critical when you see things and, and and keeping yourself from being like too overly excited about something which is definitely very cool but may not necessarily be be right like ready for production yet definitely well thank you for providing us with your perspective victor is there i should probably say is there anything else that we didn't cover uh, today that you wanted to cover or have our listeners hear from you directly i think uh, i think we've got the we covered a lot, lot of lot of ground. Uh, I think my, my my main thing would really just be I would really urge everyone from people in C level positions to people taking an internship somewhere, try it out. 
it's so easy, right? Like you don't need, most of these tools you don't have to pay for. So yeah. it's, it's usually much, much better to learn about these things by actually doing it instead of reading about it or listening to podcasts about it. Like just go in, try it out, feel the magic yourself and get a sense for like if this could be useful for you or not. That's, that's, uh, that's generally the best way to go about it. Yeah, fantastic. So be practical with it. Yeah, explore yeah. for yourself, play with it. Great. Well, thank you, Victor, once again for joining us today. We learned a lot of great things from you and practical advice. So we hope that this is going to be one of our first uh, episodes focused on AI, and we're going to inspire more of our listeners to explore and to have AI as their co-pilot, as their right-handed um, assistant in the work that they do on a daily basis. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me.